journalists out there trying to push real stories, trying to get messages out there. But Man, I heard about Nathan Nice and Kids Castle. When it comes to cooking in the food, I, I just know how to change your mood. This this is a real ass nigga, so there ain't no place to find him. You you only get this here in the kitchen couch, you feel me? Hey, hey. Need this positive outlet, you know what I'm saying, to let people know everyone from every different demographic has a story to tell, and we need to hear it. How me, I'm just smoking a blunt. Me, I'm just eating some lunch. Me, I'm just, I ain't faking no funk. I just get to give the people what they want. The kitchen couch, Nathan Nice. Like skateboard dang, you might say it twice. And throw it with that ragu. You already know that I do what it do. Hey, what's good? This is uh, Nathan Nice of the Kitchen Couch Podcast. And thank you for tuning in. Um, check the website out, thekitchencouch.com, while it's still there. We are uh, working to revamp that uh you want to call in and ask any questions or you have any concerns, you want to talk to that shit, you got something to say, a cause, uh, 509-557-0521 or at thekitchencouch at gmail.com. Um, right now, we're with uh, the creative bully um, from Forget That Yo podcast, my man Anthony Davis, and not the nigga that got traded to the Lakers, you feel me, the... Uh, this dude's from the Forget That Yo podcast, so, you know, um, tapped in with him through Baylor, and th- we did this a while ago, we did this uh, after Nipsey Hussle passed, but I wanted to give it some time before we can actually um, think critically uh, for the future, so uh, without further ado, uh, the creative bully, and me, Nathan Nice. I ain't nothing nice. I ain't nothing nice. I ain't nothing nice. Yeah. Yo. What's up, brother? Hey, Anthony Davis, this is Nathan Nice from the Kitchen Couch, bro. What's up? What's good? What's good, man? Hey, you know, we're talking on some real shit right now, and, and I was like, man, we're going back and forth on this messenger. We need to, like, uh, you know, I need to get your perspective live, and, and you know what I'm saying, really get their perspective. So, you know, go ahead. I'm going to let you take the floor first, and I, I hear what you're saying as far as... Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Tupac, you know, it's hard for him. It, but at the same time, all right, first you take the floor. You take the floor. All right. This, I know this, this is like a sensitive subject for a lot of mainly black people because these people are, I guess, like the heroes. Like hip-hop, like you said in the, in the text message, is like it's the, it's the uh, most popping genre of music. It's... It, it's pretty much, let me see what I'm going to say. It influences everything. The way we dress, the shoes we wear, everything. Uh, it's in sports, every commercial. So it's a sensitive subject. But what I'm saying is, I just don't understand how in an interview somebody can preach all this unity 
and we need to get together and focus on this. But when you turn on the music, they're talking about killing niggas and I did this. And it's like glorifying violence and smoking and drinking. But if we're always just partying and smoking and drinking and killing each other, like somebody need to pull the plug and be like, yo, this is enough. Like we need to switch this up and we need to get actually in these communities with these people and change the way because the future is just we're getting killed by cops we're getting killed by each other we can't get along it's just it's a it's a mess man you know and what i feel like i feel like we like to overlook things and make excuses like conspiracies and government did this and that but we're doing this to ourselves and these kids they listen to this music and stuff i remember when i was young like Whatever the record said, it was like, yes, this is what I want to do. Like, it had everybody just wilding out. And music is very powerful. Like, yeah, make it, the emotions, everything. And I feel like we just need to actually talk about this and stop overlooking everything. Right. I, and you know what? I, on, on some real shit, I hear what you're saying, and I, I agree with you. But I think, you know... So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to approach it how I see it with based on your argument. So you said smoking and drinking. That's because of the lack of therapy in the black community. We self-medicate and that's just for us. White people do the same amount of shit, too. And and, you know, there's a lie that saying that black on black violence or black violence in general overall is the highest rate of violence. But that is a fucking lie. First off, white people yeah. commit violent crimes just as much, if not more, because of mass shootings. And not only that, but there's a lack of therapy a- across all races because of Ronald Reagan mm-hmm. and the defunding with, um, you know, the war on drugs. He defunded uh, those those type of programs and put it towards law and order. So that's the first step. Boom. And then Bill Clinton made that worse. Boom. And if you watch the movie The 13th, um, there's a lot of research. I just read this article about race, uh, or excuse me, uh, becoming a millionaire, chances of becoming a millionaire based on race, education, and age. And black people are actually the last with a master's degree. They're less likely to make it. Obviously, Asian's the first. So I don't know what we need to do, do something more like Asian and gang up. They're really gang. Asian people are yeah. gang gang, for real, for real. But I'm, But I think we need to... Or excuse me, black people that have a master's are less likely to become millionaires than white people without high school diplomas, without, you know what I'm saying? And we're the last to make anything. So it's just like, it's crazy, you know, so the self-medication, the lack of therapy, you know, and the obviously the, the, the stigma of therapy, that's the number one thing we need, but it's defunded and it's hard to get it. And, and, and I'm, th- I'm thankful because I have a black therapist. But it's hard as fuck to get a black therapist. You're usually going to get somebody of a different race, somebody that's probably not going to understand the circumstances. Now, as for Nipsey Hussle particularly, I think, um, first of all, you need to listen to him rap because he is a spitter. If you like bars, he can spit. Now, if you, the first time I heard him was on Malice in Wonderland, uh, Snoop Dogg's album. I think the song's called Gangsta Life or something like that. And he came on in. He had bars. He was super young when he spin on it. Heard some, some of his stuff. I knew about him. But I really, like, I didn't, like, listen to him a bunch, but I'd always hear him. And every time I heard Nipsey on a track, he had bars, period. He was he was competing with, like, people like YG. Like, I honestly, you, you want to talk about a person that, like, like, 
that's not sending such a positive message is YG. Like, and his raps aren't that good, in my opinion. Like, no disrespect to the brother. I love all black people getting money. But, like, him, mm-hmm. he doesn't have bars, and he's, like, really promoting. Whereas Nipsey also is like, yeah, I'm a crib. Yeah, this shit happened to me, and this is what I saw firsthand. But as he gets older, he's not like an XXX Tentacion. That's just, like, fucked up off the rip and then trying to become better. He's like... I'm a real nigga. I, I have to be real. I have to feed my family or do whatever. I'm not trying to like, but it's like, like even in his raps, you know, he never was like, like glorifying it. He was just like, I'm the toughest around here, but this shit ain't nothing to like ever take for granted. You know, he's like, I love life and I want niggas to win and shit. But it's like, if a nigga crossed me, then it's dead. And you know what? And the last thing I'm going to say is, you know, it's fucked up. Um, I think, I think, a nigga is the first person to try and check you. The white men, they know how to fucking manipulate you, pick at you, because they got all the jobs and shit. So they're constantly boop, yeah. boop, 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 fucking with your confidence and shit. And then, But they know how to do it in such a nonchalant way to have you feel a certain way at the end of the day where a nigga's most likely going to just try you, try you. They're not even going to like try and be like bougie about it or passive-aggressive about it. So it's kind of like that way is also super fucked up because it's like... like that dude who I, I saw some dude on Instagram live talking shit and saying he's the one who killed Nipsey. Like my, my brother sent me that like right, right off the rip. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about this, but it's like, first of all, why are you bragging about it? Second of all, even if you're a blood, like, like blood, like what are you doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> and so I just, yeah. I think Nipsey, what, like, like he was better than Tupac in a sense, because he actually, return jobs to the hood very connected with the black leaders always trying to change always trying to get better owning real estate owning his masters owning owning a clothing line this guy was just like fucking he he was primed to become the the next jay-z pretty much and that's why this is a big deal the dr sebi thing was just like of course you know like they you know you should see the dr sebi shit because me and my girl are actually on the dr sebi shit like we fuck with it we try to eat alkaline fruits and all that and try not to you know it's, it's, it's a journey it's a journey it's not nothing you just do overnight you gotta slowly incorporate it because we're so used to meat and all that but we gotta cut that shit out you know what i'm saying so but yeah i mean what do, what do you think what do you think about what i'm saying uh no i, I feel everything you're saying it's um like like the group economics thing is like we uh, <laughs> black people want to shine and it's like we're always trying to compete with each other mm-hmm. like I've come with to family members and everything and like we could just all live in one apartment and save up our money till we all could buy a house you know what I'm saying like everybody worked four or five years but people don't want to do that people don't people want to say I got my own this I got my own that like, what's, what's a four-year sacrifice for everybody to be great instead of just everybody struggling forever? Mm. Like, little things like that. Like, everybody's like, nah, we ain't on that. Like, that's how we that's how we win. It's like, I ordered some Chinese food on uh, Grubhub. Grubhub didn't have a driver come here. The dude that owns the place delivered my food from the Chinese spot. Like, they're keeping all the money in-house. They just on a different level, man. They just doing stuff smart. And when they come over here... Like, all my homeboys, they moved over here in high school. I was like, yo, how all y'all got a Mercedes in high school? 
And he was like, all of us came over here together. We all lived in one big house, like 16 people in the house sleeping on the floor. So everybody got a business. Everybody got either a laundromat or a nail shop. And we all got money now. Mm. Like, mm. look how easy that concept is. Right. And that's like, what, five or six years and you good. But we can't do stuff like that. You know what's crazy? And that's like, that, sorry, yeah. I, I don't mean to interrupt you. I was just saying this exact thing before I called you. I was literally saying this exact thing. I was like, you know what? I was like, Asians will get it out the mud for the longest time. They'll be working a nice-ass high bank job, go home and sleep on the floor at their mama's house. Nope, no mm-hmm. shame. No shame in the game. And you know what? And I, But I think two, two things are true about that. Um, one thing I'm going to say is I actually was talking to my counselor, a black lady, uh, older black lady, and I was saying the same things. I was like, what, what is with black group economics? What is with, why can't we come together? Like, I want to, I want to like invest in something with people. Like there's a black supermarket in Vegas, uh, or excuse me, in Atlanta. And, uh, I'm trying to invest in that. My girlfriend, she's not even black, but she invested in it. And, um, you know, I really want to, I've always, I'm always pitching out there like, Hey, I'm throwing out like whatever I can, maybe even it's 20 bucks, but let's start a business. That's me that, and I think that's why I'm speaking on it because I'm actually the person you're talking about. I'm trying to get it out the mud and stick with my people and do all that. I'll work with anybody, but that's really, and it's funny. That's what I was saying. I was like, and same with Mexican people, they will, they will sleep 20 deep in the apartment. Boom, boom. Until everybody's shining. But you know what? I was going to say, have you ever read the Willie Lynch letter? No, I haven't read it. You got to read that. That, that a lot of people say it's fake, but if you read it, the way that they break down the mentality of breaking a slave's mental is it, it works to this day because it's not, <laughs> to this day is <laughs> not is <laughs> the if you read it you'll understand how you know they're even like because i'm light-skinned i mean and so they're like oh you know sleep with the slaves the wife the you know the darkest one breeder with the white man to make sure that they're they're like everything is so fucked up and make them hate each other like it's not and it's not even just black people that live to the willie lynch if you look at it, a lot of people live on that. Poor people, you know, and they try to treat other people like that. But we are actually the only people that have been completely displaced. Every other culture has been able to keep their language, keep their religion, keep money, receive reparations. We're the only ones that haven't got any of that shit, bro. And and we're not even allowed to, like, feel like we're American at some t- at some points. And that's something that's like, okay, so are we American? Are we African? Are we this? Are we just a mix? Especially, you know, and like, I know you're, you're kind of light-skinned too. So like, they're probably like, oh, you're not even that black. And it's like, oh, but then you don't see me as white. Like, what am I? What? It's a fuck, you know what I'm saying? And that, that's, that's the shit that I have to deal with. Cause I'm, I live, Seattle's predominantly white, man. It's like 7% black. And I was raised here and I thought it was... It, and it's diverse in a certain way. It's diverse in the way of like, you know, there's a lot of Asian people. There's a lot of Indian people coming. There's a lot of Middle Eastern people coming over. Not a lot of black people for whatever reason. They drive us out to the, we live outside of Seattle because they priced us out. They, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, yeah. and I was uh, sorry to ramble on, but the last thing I was going to say is I actually read an article about white nationalism in Amazon. Amazon's a huge hub in Seattle and the the white nationalists they had like this little 
a public meeting and the, somebody tried to infiltrate it. And it was, uh, it was really funny read. Actually, it was in the stranger local newspaper. Um, somebody infiltrated this white nationalist group and, and they were like a lot of kind of like executives so they could hire a lot of people at Amazon and they met up in this library and they're like, how do we like literally this late, this person who's infiltrating is laughing at him. Cause they're like, how do we like keep people down and how do we stick to our own? We'll only hire our own. And then it's just like, you look at Amazon, they moved here. They fucking brought people with jobs and then, you know, the people are like, oh, well, there's a lot of Indian people. You know why? Because they pay them cheaper. They pay fucking Chinese yeah. people and Asian people cheaper. They just don't mind. They'll hustle, get it out the mud, do it the ghetto way, do it the way you should do it. And we have to compete against ourselves in that shit. So it's like, you know, and Nipsey, Nipsey Hustle knew that shit. I'm telling you, he knew it. And like, this guy is like, like, okay, it's like. It's like, okay, Bobby Seale's dead, right? Like, you were talking about bringing Bobby Seale. Of course they killed Bobby Seale. You know why? Because he knew something that we should have known and we didn't pick up. And Malcolm X, same thing. And it's as soon as they realize, like, they'll come out with a strong message, boom. And they're like, wow, people are listening to me? People are actually picking up? And it goes across all colors. Obviously, Kurt Cobain, Pimp C., I mean, these people start out negative. They st- oh, I'm drug addict. Oh, I'm depressed or whatever. Fuck this. Fuck the world. And then they're like, hmm, my message actually has an impact. Let me start changing it and tailoring it to, you know what I mean, to reflect what I'm actually going through and what I want to see the people do. And as soon as that happens, they die. Jimi Hendrix, fucking uh, Jim Morrison. I'm telling you, you can name off any major famous person. As soon as they've, you know, that's that's just how I feel about it. It's, it's definitely a conspiracy in that in that sense. What's what's crazy though is I feel like we can change it. Like even with everything against us, we can change it because black people we spend the most money out of anybody. Like there's a dude named Pop Darby on Instagram. He does like a group economics thing where you send him like a a dollar in cash app. And he redistribute he redistributes the money out to like he can pick like two or three or I forgot how many winners it is and um, he puts you, he does like a raffle live online and he sends you guys the money but he has over forty thousand followers and the pot is only like four thousand dollars like we can't even do something that simple with a dollar to come up you know what I'm saying. No crazy, right man. right no I you know what I agree with you but I think I think. <sighs> There's, there's a lot of displacement, and there's a lot of... And even, like, I would say... How old are you? Uh, 38. Okay, okay. You're So you're older than me. Okay, okay. So so you grew up with even more toxic rap. And I, I'm... Because I'm 27. I grew up with, like... I'm, it's toxic, but it's starting to get a little better now. It's starting to get a little bit more... Not, not better as in raps, but better as in, like, it seems like they're more cool with, like being gay or being like trans or being like white or whatever it seems like there's kind of getting to a point but the music's trash i mean let's not lie the music nowadays is trash but (laughs) um i mean that's for sure but like i guess i guess nipsey i remember when Pac and big died i was super young and i remember everybody was tripping about oh shit shit and it's like this happens in our time and it's literally like 
it should have a, a Tupac reaction. It's is this isn't like OJ. You know what I'm saying? Fuck OJ. And you know what? OJ is still alive. Imagine that. Why is OJ still alive? He fuck him. Kill him. Like he doesn't need to be protected at any like as as far as I'm I'm concerned, OJ isn't even black. Like he <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Whereas like you know, they, they know it's just crazy because I know they're gonna say, Oh, it's some gang shit. Oh, it's some blood crib shit. And I'm like, like what blood in South Central LA is, is saying, Oh, go go shoot Nipsey. It's like the he didn't and, and like nothing was took off of him, nothing. Like no money. It's like, dude, you gotta you know what I'm saying? Like what is the point? Like what blood well, I think, I, he, like, he was cool if, with blood. If, if it was gang related, like if somebody put the head off you gonna do it because you want that clout. Like them young kids, they gonna do it. That's true. That's true. But I think, I think also, you know, he was cool with Bloods though. He knew Mitchie Slick, and that's and Mitchie. You know, Mitchie uh, tweeted out or uh, Instagram said, "I don't know. Are you familiar with Mitchie Slick, San Diego rapper? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, he's pretty good. Uh-huh. He's, he's pretty good. Um, he's a Blood, and uh, he, you know, he said, man, he didn't even want to open that store in the hood." I'm just like that's crazy, and he was like he was the only one that ordered the uh, wrong kind blue sw- uh, sweater, and I I put it in just for him or whatever. It was like crazy. He was ca- he was really tapped in, and YG's a blood. I don't know how real he is, but I, I assume he's pretty real. Um, and he's he was tapped in with YG, and he made the fuck Donald Trump. That was a revolutionary song because it's not just about Donald Trump; it's about white supremacy, and it's like fuck that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't Are know. you from California or from Seattle? I'm from Seattle. Oh, okay. I don't know why I thought you lived in LA by Baylor. I guess because Baylor connected us. Oh, you know. Oh, you know Baylor. Okay, yeah, 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 man. And damn, you know that the brother's really feeling it right now. And 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 yeah, I got to tap in with him. I I did tap in with him earlier today. I didn't know he was connected in like that. I guess he really knew yeah. Nip like that, and he really fucked with his music too. Yeah. And it was funny because... Um, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, and I was just going to say a funny story about uh, when I first heard Nipsey Hussle was uh, Nipsey Hussle had a song called Dead Man Walking. Oh, yeah. And that was the first song I heard with him and they rolling on Slauson. So I was like, when I go to LA, I want to roll on Slauson with this song playing. Oh, so, wow. Me and my cousin, like, I don't know, every, every city I go to, like all the hoods the rappers talk about, that's where I go, cause I just want to I want to get the vibe and see what it's like. Oh man! So we went out there. We were out, we kept missing the accent. We finally get out there. We was on Chris. We was on Crenshaw and Flossin. We was rolling down there, and then my cousin is a nut. I should I should have do that to go with him. So we about to leave, but we don't know where we going. We from out of town, so he rolled into a neighborhood. You know, in California, they got some neighborhoods where it's pretty way out. So we go into some random neighborhood we know nothing about, and he to turn around, he goes up in a driveway with like seven dudes on the porch. Oh my god! And I'm like, yeah, yeah. When we pulled up, everybody in the hood stood up. I'm like, yo, you wild right now. He was like, oh, you wanted to be out here, you wanted to be in it to see what it's like, and we really get it. I'm like, yo, this dude is crazy. Oh my god! Hey, so where are you from? <laughs> What's up? Where are you from? Oh, I'm from uh, Missouri. Oh, my like, God. Outside of St. Louis. Yeah, and St. Louis is, well, I mean, I've never been there. I've been to Kansas. 
I imagine St. Louis and what I hear is pretty damn hard. Yeah, yeah, they crazy out there too. Yeah, but I mean, is it Crips and Blood shit, or is it just just gangs and blocks and sets or whatever? Yeah, it's like it's not like huge like Cali, but like that, the gang stuff pretty much spread everywhere. Like they got sixties and everything out there too. Okay, yeah, no, and it's funny because. Uh, my grandma lived in South Central, and, um, you know, I was trying to, like, get out of Seattle, and so I was like, let me go down and stay with my grandma. My grandma's a real hood one. She is hood hood. Like, and I'm from Seattle where I'm used to hood, but I got manners, and I'm polite, and I understand. You know what I'm saying? I know how to, I know how to speak the King's English type shit. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I go down there with my grandma. She's literally in the heart of the hood hood. And, and it's like, like, and I, you know, I was walking around and I, oh my God, I went, I remember one time I was like, hmm, let me go to the library and there's a direct route, like a main street route. And I was like, hmm, if I cut across here, it'd be quicker. I cut across this one street. I literally seen everything on the ground, a dead cat, a dead dog, condoms, needles, weed, heroin, crack, this, that, like, like knives, and you know what I'm saying, like, all types of shit on the ground, big old dogs barking, shitty houses, like, people standing on the corner, like, and I'm like, oh, shit, I'm like, I'm just trying to get to the library, like, <laughs> I just want to look for jobs, <laughs> it, you know what, it, and you know what, like, I think banging nowadays is a little bit um, is very misrepresented. It's the blind leading the blind, as this uh, is this one older crip I know would say. Um, it, it definitely is not what it used to be, but like the fact that when you said you rolled up on that and they rolled it and everybody stood up, it's the original meaning was like you're not gonna like okay in Atlanta. I don't, I know you remember, do you ever hear about the the little boys that got killed and shit. Yeah. The murders and shit, and I think who was gonna release it? One dude who, he was on the Breakfast Club. I can't remember his name, but he's releasing like a bunch of files about the. Anyway, that gang shit was a, originally meant to protect like children and like prevent from cops from coming in. And I know it's been completely misconstrued, but there's still like blocks in California and L.A. Cops will not roll through because they don't want it. They. And that's probably why they shoot us on site because, you know, they have that, oh, well, we, we're big and bad and we're allowed to break the rules, but we can't break it here. But if we catch one of these crip niggas out here, we catch one of these blood niggas out here, we're going to fucking, we're going to smoke his ass. You see, they just killed yeah. a, they just killed a dude who was sleeping in his car and he had a gun on him, right? I'm pretty sure, I don't know what's, oh, he was in Cali. The gun laws are weird in Cali too, man. So, Dang. you know, um... And I, the LAPD, I remember being down there, and the LAPD is one of the biggest gangs. Like, you don't want to fuck with them. I remember one time I was walking to the museum, and I was off Figueroa, off uh, close to where the college is, the USC college. is literally halfway in, in South Central, halfway, like, on a nice area. And I was, like, kind of in the middle. There's a museum. I was like, oh, that might be cool. Let's go to this museum. And the I saw, like, some cops, and, like, I looked at them. I was like... And they were like, like looking at me, like, "What the fuck you looking at, nigga?" Like, uh, yeah, like worse than like how a black man would work at me. I'm like, damn, like okay. Like I looked down, I was like, oops. Whereas in like Seattle, in Seattle, if you don't make eye contact with them, they're like gonna pull you over. 
if you're not like, hey, how you doing? You know, they'll pull you over. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> so, I wonder if gangs still have, like, rules like they did back in the day. Because my best friend was in the gang, and they had handbooks and rules they had to learn and politics and everything. Like, they had to study to be in the gang. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's like that anymore, and I, that's why that's what happens when like a Sean Tookie Williams, like Nipsey Hussle is kind of almost on that equivalent. Like you know, obviously Sean Tookie, big ass nigga. I think he killed one dude. He knocked them out. He didn't even. I, I I need to check. I need to check my facts on that. But don't quote me. But he got he went to jail, right? Sean Tookie. You know him, right? Big Crip dude. Pretty much dude who made the Crips. Which stands for Community Revolution and Progress, if you, um, and he, they killed him. But uh, what's his name? What's that dude's name who committed all those murders? But like he had other people do it for him. T- Charles, Manson. Charles Manson. He's still alive, my nigga. Gary Ridgway was alive for the longest time. The River Killer. The red. He, they fucking had to go to court so many times to kill that nigga. Uh, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy was alive for the longest time. He, they could not get him, kill him. Oh, but Sean Tookie, you know, and like, these are these people that have actually went to prison and 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 actually figured out a way to become better. They do. We're not gonna let that nigga out. You know what I'm saying? Like certain people, they know that their their message is is going to be spread and that's why that's why this is a big deal and that's why i was like damn you can you just wait till next week because <laughs> <laughs> you you was woke i feel you i feel you on some real shit but you got to go back and listen to more of his raps because he actually could spit too and he was never like i'm a i'm a crip nigga blah blah blah, blah. like i'm a I'll shoot anybody. He was never rapping like that. He was just like, don't ever pull up on me. But for the most part, we're pretty chill. Like, I'm smoking weed. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Like, that's kind of how he was rapping. But what- I don't know, man. That Maritata album, like, I listened to that yesterday. It was like a whole song in there about just pulling my gun and killing people. Like, Did you listen to Victory Lap? I, mean, I, I don't got the track list in front of me. Oh, yeah, you, victory lap. Victory lap. Because I was like breaking down all the, uh, breaking down all the lyrics. Well, I mean that's what rap is, but I don't know. I don't see how people like when people's like, oh, I'm so inspired by this album. I'm like, I mean, there were some inspiring bars in there, but for the most part, people get shot. So you know what? I don't know. I just see stuff different, man. You know what? I guess I'm kind of a psychedelic type of dude. Like I'm, I like to look into it, and it's like maybe I look into things too deeply. Um, but I guess in hip hop, if you look back at it, actually, I dropped some acid, and I was listening to a bunch of hip hop, <laughs> and this happened a bunch of times, but uh, more recently, and I just realized that there's so many. There's a place in the world for every single type of person in hip-hop. I mean, yeah, and now there's even a place for white people in hip-hop. You know what I mean? And so, but, like, basically the geeky dude, you know, the hood dude, the guy that's kind of a hood dude, but he's he's kind of a geek, and, you know, the mathematical brother, and, like, the the groups. There's so many different types of hip-hop for everybody, like, and I think there's a big crossover, um, there's a big crossover to what is actually 
I almost compare it sometimes to African music, like African warrior music. It's not necessarily like like should be tribal fighting be glorified, but it's so ancient and traditional at the same time. Obviously, Crips and Bloods don't have the same meaning as like, you know, Igbo and, and other African tribes, you know, the uh, Tutus and, you know, all these other tribes in there. That's more symbolic because of the tradition. But in in our blood is tribal mentality and and that's how it does it's not a big coincidence that it ends up like this i think it's too that we're just numb to the lyrics so people just overlook it like they don't even think about it when they listen to it what's and i'm over here listening on every like i'm over here listening to everything like that's not a positive message but other people's like man whatever that's hip-hop that's how we do it you know what I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And I think it's it's hard to find a rapper that's just strictly positive because, you know what, in American culture, and I don't think it's just black, I think we glorify... We glorify... I mean, me? I'm going to speak on me, actually. I glorify people... The more you've had to endure and go through and become a better person, the more I want to read your memoir, the more I want to listen to your album, the more I want to, like... And you could be the hardest dude. Like, uh, I don't know. Have you ever heard of the Jacka? Nah. I mean, so the Jacka was like this. Like, you know, he was a rapper. rap, And he called himself a street poet. Rapped about what he saw, you know. And, and he was a big, big uh, icon in the Bay. Rest in peace to the Jacka. One of my favorite rappers. He could actually spit. And I met him twice. He was like one of the nicest dudes. And every time I talk to these rappers out in the Bay about, uh, you know, the Jacka... And and ask him, you know, you know, what was your experience with him? I was just interviewing Lee Majors, and he's a pretty big deal out in the Bay, like 20, 30 albums. Obviously, it's that hood shit, but <laughs> um, isn't you know the Jacka had the same kind of like okay, you know, don't fuck with me, but at the same time, like if in interviews he was like, I'm a cool dude, like I'm just chilling, no big deal, it's all good. And in his raps was just, and so like I don't know. Have you ever freestyled? Yeah. So do what do you only rap as like you're like Will Smith with it? <laughs> <laughs> like when I first started, no. But this was like what we used to have a rap group. We got mad. I got mad songs on my computer, but mm. like I didn't cuss, and I was rap. I was pretty much the first J Cole. Hmm. But J. Cole J. Cole has been through the mud too though. He been through the mud too and he 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 when he first came out he kinda had a in American culture black self hatred black self hatred is so popularized. It's popularized in the music and I think it, it it's like this, it's like you know, a lot of millionaires say or billionaires say, you know, if you want to become a billionaire copy the most successful person around you and these are that's the formula for rap it's like i didn't gone through a bunch of shit i could rap about this shit and i can make a bunch of money and then i can make a change and, and as soon as you make the change you die yeah. <laughs> you know what you i mean ever, you ever listen to toby uh toby and Wigway? oh yeah oh yeah that nigga yeah, but he he even like, talks why about. Why can't we have more of that? But he talks about being strapped too. He said, "I'm strapped like this. I'm pulled. You know, I'll, but he's from the south, so you got to respect. Like, 
in his culture, they have guns. It, you know, cattle herders and, and be, you know, people living out in the country, they have guns. It's just a part of the Southern living experience. And so... Yeah, you should have a gun to protect yourself. Definitely. But, but, you can't kill one black person in his ride. You know what? That and, is and true. he sells out every concert. That's true, and I'm, I man, I missed his concert. I wanted, to, I'm trying to get the interview with him, bro. He is lit, okay. And and but I think, but you don't think he draw, he drew from. You don't think he had experiences in the hood, and you don't think he drew from yeah. a lot of hood people rapping, like you know, like Too Short, for instance, is kind of like another one where it's like, if you mostly only hear what you what you're gonna hear in the club or on the radio, it's gonna be the like. I fuck a bitch, I shoot a bitch, I slap a nigga, like, you know. Um, but, you know, the the Too Short had the ghetto. He had some woke songs, too, <laughs> you know, but nobody was bopping those. And so he was like, well, I'm going to go go in the club and say bitch a thousand times, and I'm going to make hella money. And, I, you know, I, it, yeah. it's, it's, just, it's just crazy because where's the line between just having good bars talking about what you're actually experienced or what you have seen and being able to be a good person. Styles P is another person that's like, you know, he's on some really woke shit. He's on some nutrition shit. Um, lyrically, I, I mean, he's top five for me, him and Jadakiss. They talk about hood shit all the time, but the way they talk about it, it's like painting a picture. Like, and I guess I guess I hear what you're saying. Like Toby and in Guigue, he paints a, a little bit of a different picture, and his bars, his flow is is immaculate. So it's kind of like okay, but I, there's so many different pictures to paint, and there's so much different art. And I think I start seeing rap music, even the hardest rap like art. Like people were like, hmm, maybe I could get away from having a gun on me all the time to maybe be in the studio once a week. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're trying to change. You know what I mean? Like, rap, they're like, man, I'm angry about this shit. Man, I fucking, my mom is on drugs or my mom is, or my dad is fucking out here pimping or fucking, I grew up with a, you know, a Mac as my cousin or my, my grandma was a blood. My, my dad was a blood, you know, like, and it's just like, All right, but check this out. Check this out though. Imagine if hip-hop was mainly Jay-Z's 444, taking care of your family, admitting you cheated and you want to do better, talking about uh, buying uh, houses and property and paintings. Can you imagine us growing up to that? Mm. You know what? That's true. But, okay, first of all, if Jay-Z just came out with 444 and no other albums, we would have been like, eh, it's pretty good. If he, but the fact that we've saw him grow from a hood dude, from a dude, <laughs> Jay-Z, like Sean Connor, <laughs> like, you know, kind of biting off Big L a little bit and kind of, you know, biting off Biggie a little bit and then, you know, kind of get come into his own with the stenographer, uh, what I call it, stenographer freestyling rap, which is crazy, first of its time, you know, other than Bismarcky, people like that. But we saw him grow from like a ashy, from ashy to classy. We saw him, and so it's like, damn, you was on the dude, you was on the, and you know Jay-Z meant business, like, I believe him when he says he's a hood nigga, I believe him, and, 
you know, um, it, but obviously he's not going to clap me nowadays, right? He's, he's, he's married and stuff. <laughs> but you like the growth. The growth is a part of the album. It's like Jay-Z put this out here because he knew that his audience was mature enough to deal with that now. Just like Styles, or uh, not Styles B, um, Pusha T. You hear the Pusha T album, right? The yeah. Daytona. The Daytona was like a lot of older references, and it's like people who grew up with his music are now ready for these older references. Like, oh, shit, Dapper Dan. Oh, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Whereas, like, these kids with, like, Lil Pump or Toby and Guigui might not remember what it was like. I don't know. And, you know, there's a lot more privilege, too. So, like, are you not a huge NWA fan? Man, that was just... I used to... I remember when I was little, I used to sneak and listen to the tape, but... I mean, that music was terrible. What about Andre Nicotina? You ever heard of him? Nah. Oh, man. Andre Nicotina, he's like a hood weird dude. And, like, he's one of my favorite rappers. And it's not necessarily like, I'm going to punch somebody. Yeah, I'm going to... He didn't have... Like, you got to listen to him. He's weird. And he produced all his own beats, all of his own lyrics. And he fucked with Equipto. And Equipto's actually got bars. And Equipto's on some positive shit, actually. Equipto is a positive, pretty, pretty positive rapper. And they're both from uh, San Fran, I believe. But you got to bump that shit. But you know what? But, like... (sighs) Fuck the Police is, like... That's like that's almost like the black national anthem. I mean, now it's like now it's like in, in stir fry by the Migos for sure. But <laughs> stir fry by the Migos is definitely the black national anthem now. It was wipe me down for a long time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you know it was cream for a while. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> um. Man, it's like okay, so like you 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 put in that thirty six chambers of death album, and what I mean, what are you thinking? Like, you know, what do you, what what is what's coming to your mind when you're listening to Wu Tang? Uh, like the the first major song I remember from Wu Tang was uh, you can't smoke your life away, drink your life away, party your life away, scheme your life away, could just see grow up the same way. Like that was vital in my youth. Cause that was my favorite group. So when I heard that song, I'm like, "Yo, if these dudes are telling me not to do this stuff, and I see everybody doing it, then I'm not gonna do it." Right. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. so that was like a major influence. So I, I like, I can listen to music and enjoy it, even with the nonsense in it. But what I'm focused on is the kids, because the kids are the ones that process it differently. And they grow up in this environment and have an OD and do all this crazy stuff. That's who I'm worried about. You know what? It's it's, it's definitely a mixed generation. It's a lot of the kids now. It's like they're kind of like the. It feels like they're the generation in between the new new and the and the last of the old. Mm-hmm. You know, so and like you're 38, so you're just past the millennial. Millennial, the oldest millennials are like 36, I think. Mm-hmm. 30, 35, 36, don't quote me there, but it's it's around that area. So you're all, you're like, okay, you're not baby boomer. Clinton? No. Rank, but you were born during Reagan, huh? Yeah. Oh, man. 
And you say you're from St. Louis, so what was it like growing up with like that, like during the Reagan? Well, era? I grew up. It was like two hour and a half to two hours outside of St. Louis, so I, it was on the Army Base in Fort Leonard Wood. Mm. So it was like we seen like a, we had like a mixture being on the Army Base of everybody. So. It wasn't too crazy where we were. So, okay. But we still had, like, a piece of everybody from everywhere in one place. So you pretty much learned, like, from about every different location. Okay. So how do you feel about the military then? Uh, I think if you do the military right, you can you can be set up good for life. But you have to get in the job you enjoy or it be held. Well, I mean, I meant like and the military as a whole, like as a as an entity, military. Oh, I think you need the military. So, so rap, violence in rap is not glorified, but violence overseas should be glorified. I mean, in some instances, yeah, we need to go over there and kick somebody's ass. But that's like one tenth of the time, nine tenths of the time. There's like oil money. There's fucking a yeah. lot of corruption and so many levels. And then, and and I res- I respect the troops and like thank God you're putting your ass on the line or you're over there kicking ass for oil money. Good, but you know I've heard so many more stories about people like on the Navy throwing shit overseas because they they like they need the budget. Like, damn, I'm about to get clapped for saying this shit. <laughs> <laughs> the military's like, nigga, you yeah, tripping? Like- yeah. But yeah, how? Like a lot of these wars and stuff is for America to sell gain, oil and stuff like that, and taking land. But I mean, this whole world messed up, man. But I just feel like we something happened big and something that happened huge. We'll mourn it for a week, maybe a week and a half, depending on who it is, and then we just back to partying and bullshit. And it's like, when when do we ever? sit down and say, you know what, let's get right first and then get back to partying. You know what? But I th- the cycle just forever continues. I think this is the one. That, like, I, I you might not have been a big Nipsey fan, but I think this, I mean, you know, it's never going to just be, everybody's good now. Oh, everybody's off crack. Yeah. Everybody's, like, you know, not trying to seek their black therapist. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's not gonna be like that, but I think this is a big hit. This is a big hit for hip hop because the okay, there's the Jay Z's, the Nas's, and all that, and they're kind of getting old, right? But they could still spit whatever. We're looking towards the young things, and we're like, okay, Little Pump, no, like Yachty, <laughs> what? Who? And then you're like, who's in between? Kendrick, Cole, Nipsey. Uh, I'm trying to think of Big Crit. Um, a lot of people like him. Um, I'm trying to think of some spitters that are like in between this era. Um, Toby, uh, Toby is newer. He's in this newer generation. Even though he's an older guy, he's in this newer rap. Like, he's in the. Because I think he's on either last year's XL or this year's XL. Yeah. You are now tuned in to. Uh, to. Uh... The Kitchen Couch Podcast With me Your boy Nathan Nice A.K.A. Lightskin Bourdain Don't you fucking touch that dial Oh, where are you at XL? Yeah, hell yeah How could he not? How could he fucking not? (laughs)
come on, this guy could spit better than probably 90% of the, who, the what, the fucking Playboy Cardi, who? Oh my God. Oh, you know who, you know who made a dope album? Kendrick Lamar, when he made the album, we had the skits in there, like actually showing, like having his friends die and everything because of the violence. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, see Kendrick. It, he, I think the the best thing about him, obviously, he's he's got crazy metaphors and he's crazy woke and all that shit, right? And obviously, his flow's dope. So it's like obviously God MC, right? But what really makes him good is that he tiptoes the line between promoting and saying it's fucked up because he still promotes it a little bit because the fact he's from the hood and he and he's like one of those kids that wanted to just like the good kid mad city he wanted to just do good and like but damn it like i know bloods and crips like fuck like and i'm in this area like i gotta run around and do this and try to pass my math test dude like you know what i'm saying like <laughs> and, and, and we but we love the growth we love that he was running around and he found that niche. He found that acceptance in hip hop. They opened the lane. I mean, how could they not? Once again, like, come on, God MC. Like, <laughs> uh, but he tiptoes on, on the line because I think the reason why you get hype is because he's from the hood. There's people that have experienced things, like Nelson Mandela, for instance, going to jail for that long. It doesn't like you know he's first of all seen shit. He been around the same shit as a hood nigga. Like, for real. And being in jail for that long. And obviously, you know, they were giving him his biscuits and everything. Like, they're like, yo, you know, you can have the pancakes, my nigga. You Nelson Mandela, bro. <laughs> you fighting for our lives in here, bro. You better, you know what I'm saying? You better head up your fucking jelly. Feel me? No homo. But... <laughs> uh, Nelson Mandela, like, he been in jail and... You know, he, he, I don't know. Like, you have to see that crushing reality in order to deal with it. And and the fact that the matter is, is America in itself is gangster. We took over, like, like not we, but white man, they fucking gangstered their fucking way into this bitch. They thug it out all day long, bro. They thugging, letting their nuts hang. My nigga, they own properties. Da-da-da. Like, I just talked to a dude, uh, shout out to Zilla. His family was uh, actually not from sharecroppers. His family came over. They fought for land. Fucking bought land. They fought off KKK. It was lit. The shit was telling me. But how many of those stories do you have? We're still suffering. And my my dad actually told me. He actually has this quote. He said, you know what? In my opinion, I think it takes a thousand years to heal. Like the Jews, they've taken a thousand, you know? Boom. And then they they had that time from Egypt, and they were, I don't know the Jews are crazy. That's 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 the shit. That I'm like, damn, how do we get like that? Because they're really not that dominant of as far as population in this world, but they own some of the the most money. <laughs> I don't, you know, how do we do that? <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, man. So so what? I just say, hey, like. Honestly, I think we just uh, stumbled up in the wrong genre, man. I think if we would have just uh, embraced country music, we'd have been all right. Oh, hell no. Old Town Road, yeah. Old Town Road. Yeah. Think about it, though. Think about the content country people talk about. 
if that was our content. Is that your shit? Is that your 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 genre of choice? Nah, I don't, I don't listen to country, but I'm saying that's the genre we should have developed. Mm, you know what? There is a, a end to country. In, so it goes from country. Country is like, what happened? Okay. Okay, so there's disco, right? Which was made by black people. And then you know what happens when white people do it? It turns into new wave. <laughs> so that's kind of like, <laughs> there's blues. And then there's, you know what happens when white people make blues? It's country. You know, it, that's kind of like no offense to them, and like I like some country. There's some country songs that are slapping to me. There are there like it's very comedic. Like you can't just be like listening to it and be like, yeah. Like if you listen to it like that, it's corny. If you listen to it like, wow, this dude's really out here like whining, like or he's really talk- thinking he's a badass, but he's not. Like that, like you know, country country has a little has some shit that you can like bop along to. There's a time and a place. That's kind of how I am about music. Like if I'm at the gym, yo, I'm trying to listen to some Kendrick. If I'm, you know, what I'm saying, if I'm bopping in my car, I'm probably listening to some Sugar Free. If I'm, you know what I mean. If I'm out fishing, I'll probably listen to some country. It just it goes with the time. You know what I mean. If I'm in the club, I'll listen to some electronic. I love house music. So I guess I'm kind of like that. But you know what? I, how, how can you... Okay, have you heard Anthony Hamilton? Yeah. I think I think that's a pretty good representation of country music. Like, he's very country R&B, can sing, and he's got that raspy country, like, twang to it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he uh, Anthony Hamilton's a god for sure. <laughs> we should have took rock music then. We we started rock music. We should have kept it. You know what? Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry on Mama's Dog. I have that vinyl, bro. Chuck Berry's greatest hits. I have it on vinyl, bro. Ask my girl. I slapped that shit for hell alone. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Chuck Berry was a gangster too, bro. He was fucking the shit out of some bitches, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Berry, it, man, you know, he was a rolling stone for show, for show. It, but you know what I mean? That's what we love about him. And like Scarface, same thing. We love the Scarface. Are you a Scarface fan? I'm not particularly, but. The rapper? No. Oh, yeah, Scarface, the rapper is shit. But uh, the movie. Oh. Yeah, it was all right. Oh, man, you don't like Scarface. Okay, that's cool. I don't like, I, it's all right, too. I'm like. It's a little over-glorified for gangster shit, but Casino is the movie where it's like, if I'm going to be in a gang, I want it to be like this. Dude try to steal my money, I'm breaking his fingers. Like, you know what I'm saying? That, it's so glorified. <laughs> mm. So, man, I heard you got a podcast, so what do you talk about in your podcast? Well, we talk about pretty much the name of your podcast uh forget that yo podcast f-o-g-e-t-b-a-t-y-o did you did you get supported by dope black podcast what is that like a blog that puts up podcast yeah it's on um instagram no i don't think 
you know what? I'm I'm kind of being blackballed in the black community because I'm a black man, right? I'm light skinned as hell, but I'm I'm black, and um, uh-huh. I'm I'm constantly talking about. I'm kind of I try to be like the Kendrick Lamar of podcasting. I'm on my way. Okay, I'm more like in section eighty right now, but it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, I'm kind of tailoring the line between not trying to glorify hood shit, but I love those stories, and I think people when they put them out, people love listening to them. Like, have you heard of Tax Stone? Yeah. Have you listened to his podcast? Yeah, I heard every episode. Dude, exactly. He go yeah. Exactly, and it, you know, Talkstone's a god. You know what I'm saying? The guy is because he was real, and he was trying. He was on his way to becoming good, and it's like, dude, did you have to be involved in that shit? Like, of course. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's crazy. That's you know, but yeah, I. I uh, that's, but that's like every every black story, man. Like, why? You you gotta you gotta watch the movie The Thirteenth, man. The the it, and I know I know I don't like to paint the narrative. I don't like to be the one that's like boohoo. I'm trying to get it out the mud too with this podcast. And I I'm all about group economics. I'm all about fucking trying to collab with anybody and everybody and give it all a platform. And so, sometimes too much even. You know I'm like <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm trying to do all I can out here. And I'm always like that's why I'm like. I'm trying to do this Nipsey thing because I think, first of all, it'll be a big moment and I think it'll pay a good tribute to, like, because, like, my podcast is is, is going to be popping, right? It's already going to be popping. But I think yeah. it's going to be one of those things where it'll pop, like, I'll get, I'll finally get, like, a big-ass one. I'm actually supposed to interview Drew Down here in a couple weeks. I don't know if you've ever heard of Drew Down. Yeah. Yeah. Loonies? Yeah. Uh, is he from the Loonies? I believe so. I don't think he's from the Loonies, but I I think let me Google this. I gotta let me Google that because I know he's from Regine Gang and he's uh you know pimp of the year. Let me see. Oh, he he, he featured he worked with the Loonies. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I don't think he's in the Loonies. But you know, the, yeah, a lot a lot of people in the Bay Area they work they work together, so I, you know I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, yeah, I'm supposed to get him on there, but I feel like I'm gonna get one that pops. But it's like it's gonna be one of those things where people are gonna go back, and the people that I interviewed are gonna actually be popping, and they're gonna be like, "Wow, what were they like like on this ghetto ass podcast that this nigga had?" You know. What I'm they're gonna be like, what were they doing back then when they were trapping, getting it out the mud? How would that, what was their insight? And it's crazy because a lot of these people, the more successful they are, the more the same shit they talk about. Like the first thing is always eating healthy. They're like, oh yeah, I, you know, I eat some meat or I don't really eat a lot of meat. You know what I mean? They're like that. That's how you know they're starting to get echelon <laughs> if they eat meat or not. <laughs> you know, why, why you say you blackballed by black? Oh man, because man, I've been trying to share my shit with a bunch of black, like, and try to spread. Because yeah, I'm a black entrepreneur, so I'm trying to out, be out here and sharing my shit with a bunch of people. And I feel like I never get shares. Twitter, Twitter is a little different, but it's like white people sharing my shit. They're like, oh yeah, the kids are couch. Yeah, cool. Like, I'm like, where are my black people at? 
You know what I'm saying? Share a nigga, feel me? Where my Asians at? Share a nigga where my Polish people at. <laughs> Share me, bro. Because I'm out here. Man, but that's how it is, though, man. Like, nobody shares us really except the few the listeners. And, like, I don't know. I just don't reach out to nobody. And I just keep my head down and just keep pushing. And then, like, the content, it just, like, when you just keep making dope content, keep recognizing it. Like, you heard the black guy. Say that again. You heard of the Black Guy Who Tips podcast? Oh, yeah. With the, him and the girl? Him and the girl? Yeah, they're like one of the biggest independent podcasts out here. And his wife hit us up, and she wanted to be on our podcast. So we had them on, and we was only on episode like 10. So oh, that's dope. That is dope. Like, the content going to speak for itself. Right. Right. Man, see, but the one thing, so I'm the light-skinned Bourdain, right? So I'm like Anthony mm-hmm. Bourdain, but you know, like I'm tapped in with the hood a little bit. I have some, I, I can, I get, I'm not going to say I have a hood pass everywhere, but I have some hood passes and, and I would love to film them and go to a dope ass restaurant and talk about black economics in the middle of the hood. And the one thing about my podcast is it's, it's a journey, man. It's like, I don't know. So it's like when I go back and listen to it, I don't know if I'm there or like what state of mind I'm in, I always forget, you know? And so it's like kind of psychedelic in a way. I'm like, whoa, what was I saying? And like, what was I thinking? Or who was I interviewing? Why would I ask him that? Like, you know? And <laughs> and I usually end up pulling up on people in real life. And, or like, like I'll be talking to somebody in Tennessee and like eventually I'll just pull up on them and be like, yep, I'm in Tennessee. Like, what's good? And they're like, oh yeah, come through. And I'll be going... You know, go get some barbecue in the middle of the hood, like for real. And so that's kind of ho- what I'm hoping to do with my shit, and, and you know, talk about black economics in the middle of the hood and how we, like, you know, Anthony Bourdain. They always say, "Oh, what was he about?" Yeah, he was a chef, but do you just know him for being a chef? No, he was that nigga. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was that guy. He was that dude that like really, you know, he'd go to Nigeria and talk about what's the future for Nigeria. What's and I, I love that. And 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 it, it started from food, and that's I I spent like ten years in the culinary industry in Seattle, bouncing around, doing all types of shit, anything you could think of, I probably have done, you know. I'm saying ice sculptures and all types of crazy shit, you know. Um, but still, it's just like I want to be able to travel. Like working in a restaurant now is kind of dead. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, like like. And so, so where are you located now? It says Florida. Yeah, I'm in uh, outside Orlando, like thirty minutes outside Orlando. So, what was it like when that the shooting at that gate club happened? Oh yeah, that was crazy. What did you think of that? Have you ever been there? Nah. Don't lie, bro. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with there. I would tell you, like, I'm just having a person. I don't, I don't care what anybody thinks about that, really. So. No, I've never been there, but that when that happened, like it was nuts. That's crazy. See, I mean, I'm against that too, man. I see. That's the thing. Like as I and as I learn, you know what? I'm starting to like starting to ride with trans people a lot more. That's and that's that's me waking up because I'm like, you know what? I don't give a fuck what they want to do or what they want to be, but they feel that strongly about it, nigga. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, hey, as they I just, hurt no, like, yeah. it doesn't affect you at all. That's what I don't understand about people. 
Well, okay, okay. Granted, I have met some trans people, and when it does affect you at some point, where you're like, okay, you could stop talking about it now. Like, we get it, okay. <laughs> Okay, queen, we get it. Like, you good. I like, okay, we get it. Okay, okay. Yeah. You want to go to Burger King? Cool. We good. Okay. <laughs> um, no, and you know what? In Seattle, the culture is crazy because even if you're a straight dude, you probably just still go to a gay club because that's where all the chicks are. I mean, for real, for real. Like, and regular chicks, too. Like, cis cis women if that's you know what i'm saying like they be in there too and that's what i like and i'm like hey like and and the, the thing there's a difference like you go to a rap club and so th and this is where i fuck with you i do agree because i don't like going to rap shows i if you're a legend i'll go see your show ghostface was fucking lit wu-tang was fucking lit you know what i'm saying i've seen some yg was crazy like i've seen some you know some people Whatever, and, um, but, you know, we you just pull up at a gay club, and you'd be like, okay, we could get in, boom, 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 get a bar, and, like, for the most part, nobody hits on you, you might get one person trying to be that crazy, like, nigga, you can't tell I'm straight, come on, you know what I'm saying, like, I'm, like, dorkily straight, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, I'm that dorky guy, like, holding my girl's purse, you know what I mean, like, <laughs> But yeah, man, that's that's crazy that this shit happened. I mean, what do you remember anything from that? Were you like in the area at the time, or where was I? Uh, I just remember like it, it was on the news every day, twenty four hour coverage, and I drove like when you drive by the area, it was just you know and all taped off and everything, and. Uh, that was pretty much the visuals, the huge visuals downtown and stuff, like everybody with the candles and all that. Mm. That was about it. But it was like every radio station, it was everywhere. And then the signs, the pride signs and Orlando Strong and all that. that. Okay, that's crazy. Did you fly a flag, my nigga? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just fucking like, with if they would have gave you a free one, I would have flew it, but... Right. You're like, I ain't fed a pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay then, with like, you, but you gotta let me in. <laughs> my, my timeline was nothing but that. And people kept hitting me up. Uh, hey, why you ain't marked yourself safe? Why you ain't marked yourself safe? Like, being stupid. <laughs> You're like, yo, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, like, yo, chill out. That's crazy, man. I don't need what. So what happened? That's what I think. Was it? We all we all assume it was some dude that probably was gay, but you know people persecuted him and he took it the wrong way and took it out on some people that didn't deserve it. That's what we unintelligent people think. <laughs> well, they it's like so many stories. It was like he was gay, then it was he wasn't gay, and he was Muslim. And see, he, he was gay, and he gay was Muslim. People. He was gay and he was Muslim. That's what it was. <laughs> Isn't that crazy though? It's like if there's at some point you feel like you can never be yourself in America. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you if you're different, like to that extreme, like you're a different color or you're that flamboyantly gay and you just can't help it for whatever reason. 
And, but you stick out like a sore thumb and you feel like, you know, dang, America's not going to just like take me, even though this is what America is made of. It's made of mm-hmm. gay Muslim people and, you know what I'm saying, crazy, just anything, everything is supposed to be here. And I, But I think there's just this predominant, I mean, I don't know, are you a fan of Donald Trump? Do you, what, do, what do you think of him? I just think he a clown. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yo, if Obama talked anywhere near the way this dude talked, they would have dragged him out the White House. Oh yeah, off top, off top. You know what? Um, I, I, I'm, I, I don't like it's fuck Donald Trump off top, but like he has done two good things, and one of them was uh, legalize hemp, and I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So I and and the other thing he did that he's doing is he's kind of uh, about like prison. Um, what was it called prison? Um, oh, reform. Yeah, prison reform. There we go. He's a little bit going in that direction, and that's kind of cool. He's like he's actually exonerated the most people like so far. I think I think he just wanted to uh, keep Kim K coming back. But hey, you know what? If that if if that's what it is, Kim K, you know what? I didn't. I don't fuck with Kim K. But if she does that and she gets niggas out the jail, I fuck with Kim K. We we'll take her. We'll take it. Like like if I was in the White House and Kim K was the one coming up, if I agreed to this, and um, whatever you need, just come back next week and just keep coming back. Oh, Kim K. Though she ain't that fine though. She ain't that fine. She cool. She aight. You know what I'm saying? Don't you like yeah, a? Yeah, alright, but don't you like a girl? I mean, what, don't you like a girl with a little bit of flaws in her? Just a little bit? Look at that. But some think flaws. about it. What else does he have to look at in the White House, though? You gotta think about that. Come on, his girl. What's his girl? The Russian one? She's cool. Man, Ivanka, you get tired of your girl. You know, he, they probably argue all the time. Oh, yeah, she ain't smashing those. But they got the non disclosure for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for real, for like real. They hate each other every time they're next to each other. But you know why? Because, okay, first of all, the, the, here's my theory about presidency, man. We can never have a president that's never been punched in the face. We, we just can never do it. Uh, like Donald Trump, you could tell he's never been punched. He needs to get punched one time. Like, you could tell, like, if he's ever been attempted to be punched, he probably just sued you and, like, made, like, like fucking made your ancestors of you fucking scrub the grounds of his mansions. Like, you know, he's on some crazy shit, yo. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Like, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. And but I, those are the two things I have to commend him for, though. I'm like, okay, okay, you did that, fair enough. But everything else, you're a clown for. <laughs> <laughs> you got, you got to give the man his props where where he did legalizing hemp is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. So shit, man. Good talking with you, man. Like, let him know where to find you at. Like, you know what I'm saying? Hey, man, y'all hit me up at thecreativebully.com. And when you go there, it'll be a link to everything I do. Okay. Creative uh, Bully. Thank you for having me on the show, man. Dope. Oh, off top, man. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you, man. Rest in peace to Nipsey, though. Come on. Pay him some homage. Pay him some homage. I mean, yeah, Nipsey, I mean, I just don't, I don't, like, I don't know, man, it's different for me, like, 
but rest in peace to Nipsey because the stuff he did, he did put out a lot of positive messages on, uh, like I've seen a lot of his interviews where he's talking about reinvesting in the community and starting all the different businesses. But it's just crazy how, how, like this is like the main thing everybody is talking about. But we have how many billions of rappers out there that's not doing anything? It's like, why is it only a select Right, and it's not like you have to go out of your way to do something like you're doing. It's y'all got the money. It's not even worth. You could put, you could take your handler to go handle that job, and it's just sad, man. Like you lose the few that's doing something, but you're left with a bunch of people that's doing nothing. Yeah. Well, what do you think about Travis Scott and the um the whole Super Bowl? And you made him donate it to some black cause or something. Travis Scott donated to a black college. Black cause, like um, oh, black for the for the for the um, Super Bowl. I think he performed at the Super Bowl, but he's like, yeah, I want five hundred million dollars or something donated to this black charity. See, I don't like charity donations because where does that money really go? Like, yeah, you open the books on a bunch of these charities. It's like ten percent went to the college and ninety percent went to administration fees. So and then and like with with that being said that see now it leads for room to be a pessimist like and be be very um what do you say uh um cynical very cynical about everything and I I agree with you cuz like I I don't I'm not a particular fan of charities either uh you know um once in a while I'll round up for something I just like whatever, uh, whatever. Just to say I did it, yeah. Oh yeah, I yeah for cancer, yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's bullshit. They should they definitely have a cure for all that shit. We already know. <laughs> but I think I think, you know, and that that that's also a reason why certain people are in this echelon and like Nipsey's in this echelon because it's like, obviously musically gifted, uh, well as far as rap goes, um, but. Mm-hmm understanding what to do i think a lot of people don't know what to do that's the problem like yeah okay we're supposed to be so woke and but but like let's not let's face it like we're in a bubble if you're woke you're in a bubble (laughs) you know what i mean like if you're if you're and i've talked to people that aren't woke and i talk to people that are like half sleep (laughs) (laughs) and it's like at some point you can't expect them to be on that but then you then I don't know but those are the people that are more likely to be let into Wakanda too <laughs> we gotta we gotta you know what I'm saying really regulate what are you doing here now <laughs> hey man thanks for having you on bro I appreciate it hey no problem man Hey. Keep it up, man. You gonna get, you gonna get there, man. You gonna get, you gonna get out of uh, black <laughs> Yeah, man. Come on, share a black podcast. A black entrepreneur, the kitchen couch, Nathan Nice, aka Light Skin Bourdain. Yo, that interview was fucking fire. I forgot how fucking fire that shit was until I just listened to that shit. It was dank as fuck, son. Yo, shout out to the Creative Bully and Forget That Yo podcast. Definitely got to have them on mine. Uh, shout out to Ghost and Big G. Um, I should be on their podcast coming up pretty soon. That nigga Baylor uh, needs to hit my ass up and um, BTG uh, for Prez. 
needs to hit my ass up and I need to get on his motherfucking podcast. But uh, shout out to my nigga Reg D, feel me? Um, shout out to um, shit. Shout out to my mama for making this motherfucking miracle happen. Shout out to my daddy for having the fucking DNA, you know what I'm saying? That DNA, you know what I'm saying? And uh, every day's a fight, man. But uh, you got to keep swinging, homie. Keep rolling with these punches, you know what I mean? Um, I'm going to drop a couple extra ones. So, you know, because I haven't been normally dropping. So if you guys been tuning in and bumping up, thank you. I appreciate the support. We in it for the gusto, feel me? So if we out, if we miss a few, I'll never miss a whole week where I don't drop one. But if I miss a day, hey, man, it's some real nigga shit. But I'm rolling with you. Thank you for rolling with me. Nathan Nice. You feel me? On the Kitchen Couch Podcast, a place where you... You feel me? A place where you can come and sit down, speak your fucking mind. You know what I mean? And we're going to find that common ground. You hear me?